Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. This morning, we've, um, or Gideon asked me, he said, I'm going to be away and can you bring a message on intercession um, because we're halfway through our, our 21 days of um, prayer and fasting. And I think he might ask me, because intercession is something that I really love. I mean, I, I guess when you, you say to someone, do you want to go to a prayer meeting? Sometimes it's, it's had the same kind of lead balloon <laughs> sensation as, do you want to come to an evangelism night and we're going out? But, it's, but And we will be activated and we will be going out. But how would you like to come to a prayer meeting? You know, it could go for three hours. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like there's no appeal. And I don't get it. But it's like no, no, no one's sort of signing up, rushing up. I mean, n- normally if there's a free book being offered, have you noticed that at a conference, when there's a free book, it's, it's almost like Christians lose something of self-control and they all go steaming to the front. Now, here's a free ticket to the intercession night. <laughs> here's a free pass to the, to the evangelism course. And everyone's frozen in their seats. <laughs> and I wonder, and, but interestingly, I think the two of them really do go hand in hand. Intercession and evangelism are like a marriage. You won't have one without the other. Intercession is finding the heart of God, hearing the voice of God, and obeying it. And this morning, I've I've entitled this message, Lighting the Fires of Intercession. Lighting the fires of intercession. You'd have lighting the fires of evangelism. But this morning we're starting with lighting the fires of intercession. And I want to start us in the Old Testament and we're going to, we're going to have a, a little bit of a look at Leviticus and a wee glimpse of Daniel and then something of Paul. So hopefully there's something for everybody. But in Leviticus 6, verses 12 and 13, the Word of the Lord comes and it says to keep the fires of the altar burning continuously. So this was a call to the high priests that the fires on the altars were to be continually burning. And they were to burn the fragrant offerings. The incense was to be burned on the altars of these fires. And I looked at what what was it that made up the incense, what made this fragrance? What was it that they had to put on the altars of the fire? And there were four things and I had to write them down because they're not words that I, that I really remember that easily. And the first one was stacta. So it's a sap. And it, so they had to gather it and it said that the four ingredients must be in equal portions. So the stacta is a sap that was gathered from a tree and it was a long journey to go and, and gather this. And the 
this substance would ooze out of the tree. So it's something that's, that's from the inner part of the tree and it will ooze out. And they had to gather this in, in quite a large quantity. And that this substance or this stector is likened to the Word of God. You see, when, when there's a call to us in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, part of that call is to spend time in His Word. See, there's a cost to getting the Word of God inside of us. Has anyone ever started a Bible study and found that, you know, after you start with great enthusiasm, it's almost like you get derailed. Like things come along, there's obstructions, there's time is lost. There doesn't seem to be enough time. But we start with this discipline and this enthusiasm. But this word stector or this substance is the Word of God. So if we're gonna become intercessors, if we're gonna become one arm that holds this harvest, we're gonna to need to get the Word of God in us. And to get the Word of God, it's not, not some theological study of dry bones. No, to get the Word of God is to get the living Word. It's to hear His voice. It's to get Him inside of us and to recognise that there's a cost, that there's a price. You know, in this world, I think, and even in the church, there's always a talk of the price, but there's very little talk of the price. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a price, there's a cost. But I'm gonna, I, I really hope this morning that, that the fire of the altar of who we are starts to burn because we end up with a desire for Him. See, that's what intercession does is it, it invites Him. The Word of God is inviting Him. It's not understanding truth. It's hearing His voice. And the second thing is that it's the Onesia shell. It's like a mollusk or a, a small muscle. They didn't have to go as far to get this, but man, they had to work to grind this into a powder that would be mixed with the resin. So what is it about the, the shell? I'm thinking, Lord, what, what is it about the grinding of this shell, the smashing of this shell into a fine white powder? And you know, it takes a brokenness, sometimes a brokenness in us, not a crushing of who we are, but a brokenness. That our hearts are broken for what breaks his. David said, you know, a, what did he say? A, like a, a, a contrite spirit. In a broken heart, you will not despise. See, this brokenness, it's not, a, it's not a crushing of who we are, but it's a surrendering of who we are. When we're broken to our knees, when we have the experience that Paul had on that Damascus road, when everything about us becomes so insignificant because everything about him has become significant, then the shell of who we are the hardness of who we are, it falls off and it breaks off. Someone brought me a word this morning you know, about a, that there are two types of seeds. One seed is, has a soft outer shell. When it's planted in the ground, it, it sprouts quickly. But there's another seed that has a harder shell and it takes longer to break down. And I'm not saying that that's showing a hardness of heart, 
But I'm saying that there's a seed, the seed of his word planted in us. As we're broken down, something's going to grow. Something's going to grow. And the third thing is galbanum. And this was a, it's a, it's a rich substance that comes from the flower, from plants in Asia. And this substance uh, was gathered and brought back. And this was the, this galbanum or galbanum or however you would say it, someone might know. But this would hold the whole thing together. This was the, the glue, if you like, in the mix. And it, it, it spoke to me. You know, that the heart of God is for unity. There has to be something that binds all of these ingredients together. They can't stand alone. If we've just got our, our, our humility standing on its own, if we've only got the, the Word of God on its own, we need something to bring them together. And it's His love. It's His love that's the richness of this plant that's oozed out and it's been gathered now it's been mixed. And the final thing was frankincense. And we all know that frankincense was one of the costly gifts that was given to Jesus at his birth. And it spoke of his priestly calling. See, to be an intercessor is to understand that there's a priestly calling on each one of us. To be a man and a woman of God of prayer is to understand that there's a priestly calling on us. The three things that Jesus uh, represented was the prophet, the priest, and the king. And I would suggest that there has been a, an awakening of, of these three things in the church. I know there's the fivefold ministry and the whole apostolic prophetic thing, but the, the prophet, the priest, and the king. See, the prophetic, you have a prophetic conference and you will have people lining up at the door because they're going to try and they, they want to get a word. They're wanting to receive a word. If you have a prayer conference or an intercession conference, how many people are going to line up at the door? How many people are going to rush in? But I want to suggest that the prophet, the priest, and the king. See, the king is all about authority. Oh, we're, we're liking that message as well, aren't we? We've got a new authority in Christ. We have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. We can claim this and we can claim that and it gets distorted. We need all three. We need the prophet, the priest and the king. So the priestly calling of Jesus Christ was his intercession. You see, we are the pearl of great price. You've become the pearl of great price. There was a cost. There was a cost to him for us to become the pearl of great price. See, the priest, the priestly calling on our lives is a call of intercession. Jesus lived 30 years, kind of in obscurity. He had three years of ministry. And the word tells me now that he's had 2,000 years of intercession. 2,000 years of intercession, of standing in the gap for us, of pleading our case before the Father, of declaring that his blood purchased our salvation. No, devil, those accusations aren't for you. They're not for you, they're not for you, they're not for any of us. 
because he's pleading our case. He's pleading our case. See, when we started this 21 days of prayer and fasting, probably each one of us had a mindset. Oh, really? And, and all of these things can start off like a discipline. You know, I have to do this. I'll get up and I'll, I'll read three passages. No, I'll read four, five today. And, and we, can, we can kind of program ourselves into some sort of a discipline. But this is not, this is not a call to a discipline. This 21 days of prayer and fasting is an invitation. It's an invitation to a lifestyle. It's not about a discipline. But it is about a passion. You see, when we, when we pass over the threshold of, of something being a discipline and a habit to becoming a passion, we can't not go. We can't not spend time in his presence. I was here on Friday night and, and there, was a, there was a number of people in the, that had come. There was about 30, 30 odd people. I did a quick count. Probably the, but do you know what really, really blessed me? Was there was about an equal number of men and women Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a healthy sign at a prayer meeting when there's an equal number of men as there are women. You see, men often don't get this heart of intercession, but women do. So men, I, I would encourage you that this call to intercession, it's not a discipline. It's not just a, another thing that we have to do, but it's an invitation to a journey to the heart of him that we might become a fragrance, that our lives would become a fragrance. See, we, are, we become a burning altar with a passion for Him, a passion for the lost. We, we've got people here that are passionate about the business world, passionate about youth, passionate about the lost, passionate about the Sunday school, passionate about an intern course. It's not a discipline, it's a passion. It's a passion that, that causes us to persevere. Or we become religious and stale and dry. But when the, the broken shell is mixed with the resin of his love and mixed with the revelation of his word, we become the fragrance of intercession to him. Our lives become a fragrant offering when we realise that this is a call and not a discipline. Have you noticed in the gifts and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, intercession is not one. It's not a gift. It's a call. It's a privilege. See, intimate, intimate intercession, I believe, destroys two things. It'll destroy the political spirit and it will destroy the religious spirit. And I liken it like this. You know, often the religious spirit is the truth with no love. It understands the truth, but it has no love. A political spirit. Remember our politicians are actually public servants. Many of them are well-meaning. Many of them, their hearts are good. But they have a a distorted understanding of love that holds no truth. 
But intercession finds the heart of God. Intercession knows what it is to minister in truth and in love. Often those two things have been used as a, as a whip in the church. But when we really get the heart of heaven, because we've come into his presence, because the passion of, of the altar of his burning is inside of us, we become inflamed with his love. We become inflamed with a desire to know him. We become hungry because we're fasting for something that's higher than the food of this world. We become hungry for something that's more than anything this world can offer. We become hungry for him. Hungry to see His face. Hungry to know His heart. Hungry to hear His voice. Hungry to be in His presence. Hungry to know His love that's holding us all together because there's a hunger in us that's birthed out of the Word of God becoming alive out of our lives becoming a surrender, out of a revelation of His love and understanding who we are in Christ. See, the Word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. When we're praying, we're seeking His kingdom. When we come into a place of intercession, we're coming into the place of the King, where the heaven is opened in the meeting and heaven comes to earth. See, revival is actually just righteousness restored. Any personal revival is righteousness being restored. When He's bringing revival in our lives, He's just bringing a right order. When we're saying that we want to see revival, we want to see righteousness. We want to see righteousness in the workplace. We want to see people well paid and looked after and safe. We want to see righteousness in our schools. With this bullying epidemic and this suicide epidemic no longer become a stench in the nostrils of the city because the fragrant offering of the church has gone to heaven and we're knowing what it is to be the priests of the city. The priests stood in the gap for the people. Intercession stands in the gap. Intercession catches the heart of heaven Intercession hears the voice of God. Intercession sees the face of God. What a testimony this morning. I saw Jesus. What a blessing it is on this house that he would be here. What a blessing. I wish I saw it. I really do. <laughs> Sometimes, Lord, open my eyes to see those things. It sounds so exciting. But open my heart. Open my heart to see what heaven sees. Open my heart to know your voice. That's what intercession is. It's not, it's not a duty. It's not something that, that will bind us or, or bore us. If you've gone to a prayer meeting and you come away feeling heavier than when you went in, I would suggest that the prayers were critical and complaining. Complaining. 
See, sometimes in the flesh, I've not felt like going. In the mind, I've not felt like going. But I know that when I go, it's good. And when you come, you know, you, you can be really tired. And you can come feeling 80 and you go away feeling 18. Why? Why is that? Because He renews our strength when we wait upon Him. Our spirit man becomes bigger than our flesh because we've come into His presence. You know what else is so exciting about prayer meetings? What is so exciting? I mean, we have worship. Yeah, that's awesome because that kind of, it makes us more aware and His presence comes. But in intercession, we actually host it. We carry it. See, prayer, prayer people will carry the fragrance of heaven. We talked this morning you know, about changing an atmosphere where you, where you are the, and, and people around you will, 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 will get a, a whiff of what you're about. You know, we all know when something stinks, don't we? And a deal stinks or, or someone's attitude stinks. But intercession is, is knowing what it is to burn with the passion of His love and that fire inside of us is burning and the Word of God is alive in us and it's fragrant and it's oozing from us. And when we pray, someone was wanting to bring blessing this morning. What, what an awesome testimony that was. You know, I just wanted to bless this guy. I wonder when we were gonna get to the, to the punchline, but it was, I loved the story. I actually had a, I'm not one for mental pictures, but I could see the shop. I could see the whole lot. I could see the old man. But what a testimony. Because he was oozing something. He was oozing with the love of God, which was bigger than the fear that the enemy would plant in us. He didn't know this guy, but this fellow now runs with no arthritis in his knees. Isn't that awesome? What about Isaac crying out, Jesus loves you. Now that's gotta be the cry of the church. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Wow. When that becomes a revelation and not just a bumper sticker, praise the Lord. Because it will save lives. It will save lives. And when we come into that place of prayer, we encourage one another. We stir one another up. Not everybody's got the whole picture. That's the other awesome thing. When you come into a prayer meeting, you realise that you need your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because someone has a word and someone has a picture and someone has a song. And then someone sees how to put it all together and all of a sudden, we see him. Not like you did, but we see him. And Paul, he exhorts us to be persistent in our prayer. Sometimes we, we, we think, you know, it's, it's like nagging when we don't get an answer or God isn't hearing. Sometimes I wonder, sometimes I wonder whether we're single-minded when we're asking. That's the first thing because intercession will always bring us to a place of intimacy. In that place of intimacy, we get to know his heart. Then Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, you shall get. You see, we ask what we know the Father will give us. We had people that 
that have died from cancer, but we don't stop praying because we know it's the heart of heaven that people do not suffer debilitating diseases. See, sometimes the will of God and the purposes of God don't line up. Oh, hang on. Is that theologically correct? Well, it's the will of God that none would perish. But we know that some do. It's the will of God that none would perish because he sees them with different eyes. I liked how raw and honest you were this morning when you saw that guy and you thought, man, I hope you're not Malcolm. I hope you're not the dude that I've got to talk to. No, but heaven's eyes are opened through us to see one another with the lenses of that love, to see one another how Jesus sees us. And our prayer meetings will never be complaining. See, because what happens in a prayer meeting is we start to partner with him. It's not just about bringing our prayer and our petition, which is how you know a, a lot of prayer meetings are perceived, I guess. We just bring a list and we read it out. These are all our needs, Lord. God knows how they're going to be met. I hope. You know, I mean, it's kind of, no, it isn't like that at all. Yeah, we've got needs. But the, the prayer of intercession is actually standing in the gap for someone else. It's recognizing that, yes, he shall meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. It's you, that we've actually come to that revelation and that understanding and that maturity and that we know. And we know that others who love us are praying for us. That's the, that's, this is the other thing that's so important about intercession is that we get to pray for others. We get to love on other people. But at the same time, when they know the needs that we have, they get to love on us. We've got such a self-centered Self-help, I can do all things by myself, mentality. And yet the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I'm part of a body of believers. That we're knitted together. That we've become one. That when we see each other as that. So persistent prayer, it's not nagging. Persistent prayer is not trying to persuade God to give us what we want. Sometimes our persistence in prayer is because He knows we're not ready for the answer. He's preparing us for the answer. We're praying for revival. Actually, it says that the harvest is ready. Pray for the workers. And say, pray for revival. Pray for the workers. Pray that we might be ready for the harvest. Pray that our hearts will be ready for the harvest. That our hearts desire to for revival really is that. Now, I don't want to frighten anyone this morning, but Jesus came with a spirit that opposed the political and the religious spirit of the day. And he brought a revival. What did it cost him? His life. Pentecost came. 
There was a great outpouring of the Spirit. How many times have we asked for this? Lord, send your Spirit, send the latter rain, pour out your Spirit on the church. Pour out your Spirit on all flesh. See, when the Spirit of God came at the first Pentecost, there was revival. Persecution quickly followed and they were dispersed. I'm not for one minute suggesting that we have anything to fear. But what I am suggesting is that we need to prepare. Prepare our hearts. Count the cost. Take the time to get the Word resonating in us so that it becomes a resin oozing from us. Because it's His living Word. experiences love so that we're the arms that gather that we're the strength for somebody else that we become the rich substance of the plant that we understand that that rich substance in the vine is to abide in him so intercessory prayer is abiding in him Letting his word abide in us, being saturated and soaked with his love. And he never crushes us, he prepares us. See, the shell was too hard, it was of no use until it was crushed and made into a powder. Then it became a fragrant offering on the burning coals and the, and the holy of holies. See, intercession as a priestly call, as an invitation into the Holy of Holies, to the place where no one would go. Our lives, like fragrance, become an offering to Him. When we've heard the intimate voice, when we're hungry for His face, hungry to hear His voice, hungry to know His word, delighting in His presence, and then we're strengthened and our, 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 our strength is renewed in His presence. The next time, or next Friday, the final Friday, or the third Friday, I've got free tickets. <laughs> I've got free tickets to come. To come into this house. To stand alongside brothers and sisters. To know that we need them but to know more than that, that we need Him. See, the end times, church, is not about a rapture. Ooh. The rapture theology. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change that this morning. And I'm going to call it the capture theology. See, He wants to capture our hearts so that we're part of a harvest. He doesn't want to rapture us out. He wants to capture us in. He wants to gather us in, into his presence. Overflowing fragrant of prayer and of love and of intercession so that we've got the boldness to find Martin Malcolm and pray for his knees so that we get the eyes to see Jesus in everybody so that we cry out, Jesus loves you, and they don't throw their lives away. 
Intercession is an invitation to a lifestyle. It's not a discipline. And I do, but I love the picture. You know, we, we we're not going to have evangelism and we're not going to have a harvest unless we've got intercession because intercession is the very place where the heart of heaven is revealed. So I no longer call you strangers, I call you friends. What friends do, they share their secrets. In that place, he shares his secrets with us. He shows the secrets of his word to us. Shows us that there's another layer of his love that we've not yet seen. That our lives have become a fragrant offering, burning with a passion to see righteousness restored. That's what revival is, righteousness restored. See, the, the, thing, the, the four things that I, I, I see in those uh, elements that, that made up the fragrance. One is the living word. The living word becoming us. That we become his living word. It's the resin. That, our, that, that brokenness is actually our humility. How we position ourselves for his presence. How we position ourselves for his favour. How we position ourselves. And his love, which is what binds us together. But you know that the one that, the fragrance, the frankincense, the one I didn't really talk about, I want us to just end on that. The frankincense is our identity because it speaks of his righteousness. It speaks of his purity. It speaks of salvation. That's our identity. So in this amalgam, if you like, of intercessory prayer, we have the word of God living in us. We have the life of God in us because of his love. We have come to a place where we realize that surrender is actually to gain. When we realize that, that all that we've strived for, we get from a place of surrender. That we're no longer driven, but we're led. That the Holy Spirit is our ever help, our ever present help in a time of need. But our identity is in Him. In His righteousness. In His righteousness. Then we have the eyes of Jesus to see the righteousness of Him and others. You see, we will, we will then be able to accept the Malcolms and the Martins because we, we'll look with different eyes. See, we'll be more, intercession is more about the heart of God, and the heart of God is more about the gathering of the people than it is about their behavior. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet far off, he laid down his life for us. See, the, the religious spirit will focus on the behavior. The political spirit will just let behavior do whatever it wants to do. But when we understand what it is to walk in truth and in love, our lives will become a fragrance. Our lives will become a, an odor. Our lives will become an essence. And we will affect those around us. 
So often we've been frightened to go into the world because of how it might affect us. When we come into the place of intercession, when we come into the holy of holies, and he so infects us, he so affects us, we recognize that when we go out, we're oozing him. When we go out, we go in the power of his love. When we go out, we go filled with his life-giving word. When we go out, we're going to affect the things around us. We're no longer a rapture church because we've become a captured church. He's captivated our hearts that we might take captive a city, that we might take captive a nation because our lives have become a burning altar. And all that we are is a fragrance to Him and He can't help but say yes because our lives are so surrendered. Our lives are so filled with His living Word that we've been hungry and we've fasted not as a denial from food, but we've been hungry to know His heart, been hungry to see His face, been hungry to hear His voice. We've been hungry for something higher than the things of this world because we've become passionate, not disciplined. We've become renewed and restored and strengthened in His Word because we've come into His presence now the high priest went into the very holy of holies. The high priest stands in the gap. We're gonna stand in the gap as a church. We're gonna stand in the gap for a city. We're gonna stand in the gap for a nation. And when we start to pray, we're gonna know that heaven is responding. You see, Daniel reminded God of, the word, of his word, of his promise, because Daniel knew the word. They'd been in captivity for 70 years. And that captivity was not a disciplined punishment. It was a time for them to come back to Him. It was a time for them to to realise how far away they'd drifted. They weren't ready, but Daniel interceded. Their hearts weren't even ready, but Daniel reminded God of his word and of his promise. And when we come into the, into the closet of intercession, when we come into the, the presence of God, we remind him of his promise. And he reminds us how faithful he is. When the church came under persecution, and those of you that have already stopped praying for revival because you're worried about it, hear this. When the church came into persecution and started to pray. The arch enemy of the church had a visitation from the living God and became an ally with those who he was once an enemy to. See, our prayer has influence. Our prayer has impact. Our prayer is affecting the atmosphere, even as as we carry his presence and we affect that around us. When we have prayer, we're affecting something in the heavens that we may or may not see. And he's releasing his angels. He's releasing his power. And we bring him a song. And we bring him a heart. And he gives us a city. And he gives us a nation for his glory. Intercession is not a discipline. It's a passion. It's a journey, it's a lifestyle, it's an invitation for each one of us to come into the Holy of Holies as priests, as high priests, to be in the most intimate place with Him, to hear His voice, 
to see his face, to hear his heart, to know his love. And we will ooze with that. We will be energized with that. We'll be convicted and compelled with that. We will not walk with fear or doubt or double-mindedness because we've spent time abiding in him. And now he's abiding in us. So this morning, as I'm finishing, I just wonder, some of you I, I know already have that stirring to be an intercessor. But I believe that, the, that God is, is calling and stirring others this morning. I believe that even before I stood up that, that there's going to be a stirring of others that want to come into that place. So you've, you've had a, a misconception of prayer and, and, and he's quickening something in me. Yeah, I am called to this. I am called to this. Because it's not a gifting, it's a calling. And he's calling some this morning. And the other thought that I had of, of wanting to pray was for couples, for marriage couples, for married couples. That Couples know what it is to come together in prayer, to stand for the family, to stand in the gap, to make a covenant of prayer with one another. It's easy to pray on our own or get too busy. I believe he's calling marrieds to this covenant of prayer, to this renewed intimacy where he becomes the center of all that we are and that our marriages start to become a fragrance that affect everything around us. And then our families become a fragrance that affect everything around us. So if that's you this morning, if, if you're feeling a stirring, I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front because we're gonna come into a time of worship. But I'll ask everyone to, to bow our heads. And I wanna pray. I wanna pray this morning. But if, if that is you, maybe... Maybe stand, yeah, just stand. Make, make a gesture to the Lord. Yeah, I want to stand. I want to stand in the gap. I'm hearing your call on my life this morning. And if you are an intercessor, stand as an encouragement in this house for those. I want to stand in the gap this morning. I want to be a fragrance. I want my life to burn with a passion. I want to be a fragrance to those around me. It's a call to intimacy. It's a call to knowing him. Lord, I thank you for you, that you, you promised that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of your word. Lord, this is, this is a sign and this is a wonder. This is a sign to the principalities and powers that we've declared war this morning. This is a sign to this city that there are people who are gonna stand in the gap. This is a sign to families that salvation is coming. This is a sign that we're no longer gonna be a people who are affected by what others say and do, but we're gonna affect that which they say and they do because we no longer carry an offence, but we carry a fragrance. We no longer carry a stench, but we carry a sweet smell. That we've no longer become a voice of criticism, but we've become the voice that says, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And just before the band plays, I just want to pray for marriages this morning. Lord, I thank you. Thank you that the marriage, the bride and the groom are a couple. That's earth's representation 
of you coming back for your bride. That, Lord, you'd restore an intimacy in marriages. That's the fragrance of your presence. It's a love that's beyond that which we've known in the physical and the natural. But there's a supernatural love on the marriages in this house. There's a supernatural love on the relationships in this house that's going to have an impact on families. And let my life burn, Lord. Let these words that I've spoken this morning, let them burn first in me. Let my life be a fragrance. Let my life be on the altar of sacrifice. What a privilege to stand in the gap. What a privilege to be strengthened by him. What a privilege to know that he is for us and not against us. Amen.